Why you wanna play? Why you wanna who play games on me? Why you wanna play? Why you wanna oh my God. play the games on me? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh my God! Please, I can't. What? What? Can't what? What did I do to you? What did I do? What did I do? We have gotten past the vibrato. Can we please start this show? I cannot deal with you. My vibrato is something that is intense. Yes, it is. It's intense. something that needs to be treasured. It's a national treasure. Oh. Okay, you hear the way that I'm giving you high notes. <laughs> high notes. Uh-huh. Y'all love it. Okay. You love it. Mm-hmm. What? You know what? You're showing off you showing off for this microphone right now. And I promise you. Oh gosh. I promise you. I will embarrass you in front of your little friends. I love you too. Uh-huh. Welcome back, guys. Hi. How's everyone doing? Well. What's going on? Welcome to um, an intentional scolding session. Yeah, scolding for millennials. Um, scolding, um, reparenting. Millennials um, night court. Uh, millennial night court. Um, mm-hmm. Social media justice court. Oh. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's a lot of things. It's yeah. a lot of things. But welcome to a show that um, questions your lo- your morals. Mm-hmm. And your logic, um, your skill of logic, every single week, um, we we sum we sum all this up into one question, just one, just one. Who, Who raised you, host? Um, welcome back. I am your host, um, Lunel. Come on, Lunel. Lunel. It's me, y'all. Just Marlon. What's up? Back for the attack. Let's do this shit. Just can we talk about this, Just Marlon? Thing? Can, can we talk about it? Why does it bother you so? I don't know. I don't know. Why does it bother you so? Can we can we think of something else? Can we? I'll think about it. You'll think about it? Yeah. And if you come back here with the same damn name, I'm gonna You're take, gonna deal. No, I'm gonna You're take, gonna deal. I'm gonna take the wine bottle. No. And I'm gonna hit you with it. <laughs> Simple. Problem solved. Welcome back, guys. Hi. <laughs> um, so this week in um global warming. Clearly. Clearly, cool. it is sixty-six degrees outside right now, um, and it is the beginning of January. Yeah. Um, if you guys really thought that, I, I forget how long ago Al Gore was really pushing global warming, and all of us thought that he was crazy mm-hmm. until it started to happen. Um, I feel like we're in California right now, sure, um, or Florida. Mm-hmm. Because it's just those are two warm places in during the winter, and right. just so happens, just so happens here in the Northeast, where normally you need hat, scarf, gloves, all that good stuff to go outside. I've been able to go outside in just a hoodie for the past two days. Yeah, just a hoodie, and literally be good, like be okay. Yesterday, Marlon had on a scarf. I did. Scarf. It's in my bag today. And I, I really question. I'm like, okay, I understand it's a little warm, but um, 
I'm sweating looking at this picture. Because it is pee pneumonia weather, and you will not catch me slipping. So all you hoses out there and your Lucucci shorts, running and all that shit, I will see y'all bitches on Wednesday when you got mucus coming out of your earlobes. Listen, um, if I want to wear my coochie cutters in the wintertime, that is my business. I mean, and get your fucking life. But when will. you got will. the old staphylococcus, old coastal demon Sir, crawling I, up and through your throat. Are you judging my my horse decision? We are. We? Who is this we? We are. It's just the two of us. We of Who Raised You Ho's Lore are judging. It is the time to judge. I so, do what I do what I want, uh, when I want, and right. how I feel. That's right. So let's you be go out there with your tail all out in the wind if you want to. First of all, I do that anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, shit. I do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new. Um... But yeah, global warming is definitely a thing. It's real. Yeah. Um, also, our hearts goes out to the citizens of Puerto Rico, yes. which have been suffering literally earthquake after earthquake after earthquake. Yes, they had three. They had three in the past couple of days. Yeah, three. It's been intense. It's been pretty intense. It's to the point I read a tweet where they said that people are so scared of another one that they started sleeping on the streets. Are outside, like away from the house, because they know it's probably going to happen again. Yeah. So yeah, climate change is definitely a thing. Yeah. Earth is crying. Um, I saw a video earlier this week where um some firefighters from I think they said either New York or just throughout the country, they went out to Australia to help them fight the brush fires that are um bush fires that are taking um, place. So, yeah, the world is just a chaotic place right now. Mother Earth is not having none of this shit. She ain't. And then you have um, the Thailand chief, um, the um, excuse me, the social media president, Captain Cheeto, um, Captain Cheeto, Agent Orange, whatever you call him, um, he he's gonna get us killed. Um, this is not. I, I wish I was playing, but I'm really not. He's gonna end up getting us killed, or there's gonna be another attack on the U.S. And it will all be his fault. All of it. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. All of it will be his fault. Um, just pray for the soldiers that have to go and still fight this war, this, this pending war for us. Right. Um, because it's just, it just ain't looking like no end is in sight yet, child. Yeah, I just want to send like love, healing, and positivity out to the troops, the American troops. Mm-hmm. I want to send love, peace, and positivity out to the Iranians as well because they didn't ask for this either. And it's just all just really fucked up. I hate it all, but uh, I just wanted to go away. Go away. The hypocrisy of the president. Child. Let's not even start on that. Anyway. Yes. Let's, but it's fun when I do, and I think we all would enjoy if I did. So, with that being said, mm. let's move on to lighter things. Um, in, a to- in a segment on the show I like to call Scroll On. Mm-hmm. Did you get up? Nope. Did you flush? Nope. Did you spray? Nope. Did you wash your nasty ass hands? Nope. They ain't even wipe. Ew. It dried up. Who does that? It hard. Who do- it- Some people do that. Merlin. Hmm? You're being disgusting today. Hmm? And nasty. Ain't nothing new. <laughs> oh, 
just keeping it real. This conversation off the air. Uh-huh. Anywho. So, um, you had, I'm going to let Mar- I'm going to play a little game, start playing a little game to scroll oh, on shit. and let you start picking what I talk about uh-huh. or the topics I go into. Uh-huh. So you have options right now. Okay. Um, do we want to go into Me Too or do you want to go into um, As the Petty Turns? As the Petty Turns. 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. Okay. Yes, that was great. I like that. Clever. Okay. I like that. 50 Cent has officially stated that he, I think he's put in a requisite to actually have Dan Marie's um, wages from Love and Hip Hop Garnish to cover her $30,000 debt to him for defamation. If you guys remember, um, I, it's just a whole big thing with the sex tape that came out of her leaking. Apparently, 50 Cent shared it. And she sued him. She actually lost the case and she still owes him. But she had made it a point to troll him back on social media. And uh, 50 has not been playing as far as receiving his money. If you guys know, Love and Hip Hop pays, but it doesn't pay that much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she has her uh, actual wages from Love and Hip Hop garnished. She will literally be left with little to nothing. Ugh. Prince of Petty, he is a mess. What is he five? Um, well, this is the thing about cancers, y'all don't understand. Um, because that is my cuss sign, they are very petty, and when they mean business, they mean business. Yeah. I would not want to owe fifty cent even a penny, right? Because he will troll me for it. Anyhow, yeah. um, so you have another option, okay? Um, because you didn't choose the Me Too movement, you can either we could do the Me Too movement or um. Hmm. Culture appropriation. Oh, both of those are heavy. Yes. Really want me too. Oprah Winfrey has officially stepped down from producing the Me Too documentary about uh, Russell Simmons' accusers. Really? Now, if you guys remember, it came through on social media that she actually was going to interview. It's a lot of things that Oprah has done in the past couple of years that has been controversial when it comes to actually her journalism. Mm -hmm. So one was the fact that she actually wanted to interview, I think she actually did interview, the accusers of the Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. um, even though they signed NDAs and they basically signed, like, basically signed that they wanted to speak about it again. And they did to Oprah. Mm -hmm. Then she also signed on to interview um... The accusers of Russell of Russell Simmons, and she actually faced a lot of backlash on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading from the Shade Room, which got theirs from Deadline. Um, along with stepping out from the documentary, Deadline reports that the documentary also is being pulled from Apple TV um, distribution. In a statement, Oprah gave, she said, "I decided I will no longer be executive producer on the United." Um, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Untitled Krabby Dick and Amy Zuring documentary, and it will not air on Apple TV. First and foremost, I wanted to, I wanted to be known that I unequivocally believe and support that support the women. 
the stories deserve to be told and heard. In my opinion, there are um, there is more work to be done on the on the film to illuminate the full scope of what victims endured, and has become clear that filmmakers and the filmmakers and I are not aligned in the creative vision. Hmm. So. I'm hearing a lot of backing out due to backlash. Yeah. Well, that's what I feel. I feel that it's because everyone has gained up on her with her support and wanting to tell these stories that it's come back to bite her. And I feel like that is the real reason she stepped down. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, to each his own. Yeah. So before I give you another topic, um, Tom Hanks' son. Um, excuse me, I think his name is Shit. Hanks okay. had made um, he went viral after going to the Golden Globes and speaking in a and speaking in Jamaican dialect. Yes, he was speaking. Um, he was speaking patois on a red carpet, and he had got to a point where he started repetitively doing it. Like he did it in a video afterwards, and then he basically released one last one. But I will begin to play from my phone. It's gonna be a one. Yo, Irmina, Irmina, check this out. One, two, one, two. Enough's enough, right? Look, never in a million years when I thought that me just goofing around on the red carpet would have got so much attention. But uh, man, it's been crazy. And uh, one thing I'm not joking about is my love and appreciation for Jamaica, the Jamaican culture. That has been incredible. All the love that I've been getting. I'm gonna stop you there. So, yes, yeah, so he went around speaking patois. He did it coming out of like an ice cream hall, I think, in Los Angeles. Um, and of course, Jamaicans weren't having it at all. <laughs> of course, they're like, well, first of all, he's not even speaking the proper dialect. Right. It sounds like it's manufactured. Blasi 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 cat kitten. Like he, you just heard him spe- specify. He actually apologized for it and stopped. Um, <laughs> oh, I can go back to me, me too for a moment. Um, so Harvey Weinstein has been charged with new sex crimes in Los Angeles. Oh. Harvey Weinstein did the um, come from the shade room. Harvey Weinstein did the faint film mogul whose alleged pattern of sexual abuse helped fuel the Me Too movement has been charged in Los Angeles with sexually assaulting two women, according to the Los Angeles District Attorney. Weinstein is being charged in Los Angeles of raping one woman and sexually assaulting the other in separate instances on two consecutive days in February 2013. The district attorney's office said in a statement, these new charges are not to be confused with his criminal trial in New York, where he has been charged with felony sexual assault. Um, NBC News reports the jury selection for that case begins Tuesday. This was last week, so I'm assuming it's this coming week where they start selecting the jury. These charges are not to be... Oh, excuse me, I read that already. We believe evidence will show that the defendant used his power and influence to gain access to the victims and then commit violent crimes against them, District Attorney Jackie Lacey said. So, um, I just love the fact that these men are now being brought to trial for their crimes against women and in some cases also men. Um... Especially because everyone just loves to piggyback and say, oh, well, y'all are attacking black men, but you, but Harvey Weinstein is walking free and like, uh, actually, he's really not. He's in more, he's more up shit's creek than the others. 
So, in today's case of Sister Wise. Yes. Okay. Yes. Today, quickly. In today's case of Sister Wise, um, if you guys remember the first half of Surviving R. Kelly, there were two women's stories that stuck out in particular. Okay. Um, <laughs> that is Asriel Cleary's um, story, and it's also Joyce Lynn Savage's. Um, as we all know, um, I believe the singer that sung I Believe I Can Pee, um, I believe these these girls were touched not by me. Um, I, I, I think about it every night and day. Um, I put them inside of hotel rooms as I fly away. Really? I believe I can soar. You don't have to do this. You know that. I see myself running from the trial, not guilty with an open door. <laughs> I believe I can pee. See. See, I, I, I get creative sometimes. You know? mm-hmm. um, so basically, back to the topic at hand. Um, they went live because this past week it was actually his birthday. And they were at Trump Tower in Chicago. And apparently... <laughs> How fitting. At Trump Towers. At Trump Tower. Continue. Um, and they got into a verbal altercation uh, where Joyce Lynn had called Asriel evil. And she's like, I'm not evil, baby. Um, and the two of them get into, like, the words between the two get more heated and they get into an actual physical altercation, aka a fight. Mm-hmm. And Asriel was screaming as Joyce Lynn was lunging at her, you were sleeping with me while I was a minor. And Basically, it led to a bunch of things that Azriel had said on social media, which I'm going to pull her actual tweet from Twitter. Give me one moment because I remember it. I this is real, people. I'm sorry to inform everyone. Um, where she says, hold on, let me pull up the right one. Uh, okay. Okay, the first one, I'm on Twitter. So here we go. She started um, her tweets with, Today is a good day to go chill. I know where the skeletons are buried. You want to play chess? Let's play for the entire world to see. Um, Joyce Lynn is currently sadly in jail for assault. I thank everyone for sending me lots of love and prayers. You all know everything. You all know everything sooner or later. Okay, it is going to be a price tag attached to it. Of course. Um, I woke up. I woke up today happy but torn. I didn't come to Chicago for Robert, only for Joy, whom he purposely uh, he purposely separated us because he knew I tried to make her go home. Pray for Joy. This is just tough love, so she can go, so she can come to her own realization at her own timing with a heart emoji. The next tweet reads, I just want people to embrace me, love me, and forgive me because I'm young, and I just don't. I just didn't know. Please do not crucify me for not being knowledgeable. The praying hand emoji and the butterfly emoji. Then she tweets, this is my face after having white castles with my dad, exclamation points, heart emoji, party face. The next tweet reads the following, no one ever wakes up and says, today I'm going to be manipulated and take, or taken advantage of or kidnapped. There are so many things to say to that, and I'm going to come back to it. These are things that you just can't control. I never thought me and the victim would ever be in the same sentence because I was too I was too in denial. But once you realize, you are realized. With a star emoji. Next tweet. 
This is from yesterday, apparently. I didn't know where this ride will lead, uh, will lead us, but I'm happy to be sharing it with y'all on a run with Ezreal. Hashtag. Um, so everyone saying I'm a cloud chaser. Please know I've made it on my own with or without Robert. I had driving ambitions and goals before Robert and I, um, before Robert and I had them after. He wasn't the first celebrity I ever met, and he was just the first person to take advantage of me. I'm just smarter now. I'm going to stop there. <sighs> this is one of those really like a lake of thin ice, and it's thick in some spots and thin in others, and you can't tell which part is which, so you're being very apprehensive about where you step. Yep. That's where I am with that. Yep. The thing for me is, number one, I've watched Surviving R. Kelly the first half, and I saw her parents tell a tale. Now, in the whole situation with Robert, we talked about this before, and I wholeheartedly believe there's parts where Robert is actually telling the truth, and it's parts where the parents are not. I do solely believe that the parents knew what was going on. I'm sorry, I don't care what anyone has to say about it. I solely believe the parents knew. I solely believe also that there was a price tag for them to stay there. Because there's no way in hell that a parent is going to sit here and say, oh, my daughter can go live with this grown-ass man or, and I'm going to be on the road. And then, mind you, Azriel's parents said, well, as long as one, as long as her sister is there, we really don't care. Then all of a sudden, he gets, basically, they up and move, if I'm not mistaken, from the actual story. They up and move, and they don't tell the sister anything, and then they just lose contact with her. Mm-hmm. Now, I just, this is where I really believe that there was a price tag for them. Because all of a sudden, she goes home. Her parents have been begging and pleading her to go home for years. Right. So come home, come home, come home, come home, come home. No, I'm fine. Da, 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 da. Everyone, everyone's lying on us. They just are lying. I remember the interview with Gail. Everyone is just lying. We're fine. I spoke to my parents. We're fine. We're not being held captive. And Ezreal has like the most disgusting attitude during that interview, and that's how yeah. I remember who she is. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just so happens, you have one falling out with with Joycelyn, and all of a sudden, you go home, you want to start talking. All of a sudden, you want to start talking. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. you want to start talking. Is it because the money's running out? Oh, boy. The money is running out. Let's be perfectly clear. Robert is not coming out. Let's be honest with ourselves here. He's not coming out. Anytime soon. At all. Let's be all the way clear when I say this. He's not coming out. No. He's not. He's staying there. This is different from the first time when they came up. These are federal charges. That means they have more than enough to go to trial. Right. Yeah. You're not coming out. Child. So, Uh child, I just... Bless the mess. I hope she stays home. I hope she doesn't go back to Chicago. I hope she goes and gets some help. Some therapy. Yes, some therapy because she needs it at this point. I don't know what happened. I don't know what went on. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to try to act like I know what went on, but like something needs to happen mentally. Some healing needs to happen for her because good grief. It, it just was exhausting even reading those tweets. I'm not even saying hold nobody to it. Because your energy is not matched by what you were doing when you were talking to Gail at all. Like, she was the main one. 
That was but, completely apprehensive, that whole interview. I don't profess to know the minds of a victim, um, a survivor, or anything like that. So I'm not going to go into it, but it's just a lot. It's really a lot. Woo! Ciao. So, um, another big news happened over the week. Um, Prince Harry and Meghan Frankel stepped down as members of the royal family and plans to move to North America. Um, in a recent interview, um, if you guys remember, I want to say it was either before the holidays or like, like literally, I want to say right before the holidays, where an interviewer asked Meghan Frankel, was she like basically was she happy or was she okay? And right. she, said, she said no. no. Yeah. So. A lot of people don't understand, especially when it comes to if you're not a parent. I've seen people go through postpartum. Mm-hmm. It's something serious, and especially with the pressure that you deal with. Not to mention, you're also in you're also in a castle. You're away from your family because Megan is not from England. She's from she's from America. Right. So they decided. I mean, Harry decided. Happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. Let's go to North America then. And let's just leave our position as a royal family and just go. Because it's not, let's be brutally honest, the queen is still living. Their their dad is deceased. Is he? I think so. Yeah, Prince, I think so. I never Prince, Prince Charles is deceased? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, this is, we're talking about we're talking about the UK. I live in America, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful. However. If anything were to happen, there's a bunch of people in line before they could even step into like the front line of royalty. Yeah, because they're way down the line though. They are very far down the line. So it's like there's a bunch of other people in front of them. It's just the reason why um, Prince Harry and of course his brother are like the most talked about ones is because of their mom. Hmm. So it's kind of like it. I wouldn't have expected anything differently from Harry to not marry someone similar to his mom. And Meghan is very similar to Princess Diana. So it's like, why not? But they decided to. It's a bunch of speculations going on of deals and all those different things. Um, and I'm just, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see them. Um, but of course, don't think that you're gonna get anywhere near them. There's gonna be a bunch of security, a bunch of security. So, um, gonna gonna move on to the next topic. Um, how do I word this properly? The bees is back. Uh, did you just did you scrunch your face up at the bees? I did. What? Listen. Are you talking about Justin? You got that yummy, 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 yummy. <laughs> I promise y'all, I think the highlight of the show is trolling Marlon sometimes because it's hilarious. He just loves fucking with me and I just don't understand it. Anywho, he returns a favor sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. Anywho. So Justin basically has been all in the media because, of course, he's um, about to come back with a new album. Um, He confirms that he has Lyme disease. Let's start there. Um, Now, for those of you guys that don't know what Lyme disease is, I actually had to look that up. It's basically a bite that you get from, I want to say like a tick, but it has to be like in the woods. Mm-hmm. And it's like something that stays with you. And at one point, if I'm not mistaken, he actually enjoyed hiking and doing all those um, non-melanated things. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So apparently he's been dealing with that and also um, chronic mono, which is um, something that leaves you severely fatigued at times. I'm sorry. Chronic mono? Chronic mono. It was a part of the statement. In chronic mono. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. Continue. So that happened. He where he confesses. It was speculated at first, but he confessed and admitted it via Instagram post that he is dealing with Lyme disease. Also, he was a little a little pressed. Like a panini? Uh, Steam. Like the morning papers? Yes, he was pressed because um, Yummy did not debut at number one. I wonder why. Yummy did not. Um, actually, Rody Rich, this little rapper kid, he actually, his single stayed at number one. And I love the fact that he kind of trolled Justin with his statement. <laughs> um, where he was like, basically, he thanks everyone for him having a number one single. He said, also, uh, make sure y'all stream Yummy. Um, so, <laughs> oh shit! Like, go stream um, Justin Bieber's "Yummy." Um, but Betty fucking Betty, jeez, my fave. I love it. I love, love, love it. Yeah, his song is called "The Box." Um, I had no idea because I'm just now looking at the charts. I had no idea that Lizzo's "Good as Hell" is actually in the top ten. I see it. I listen. I do. Um, Post Malone is actually sitting at number one right now. Whoever that is. Um, uh, I, someone that looks like um, a dirty Brillo pad? Someone that needs a bath. Okay. Um, I'll say that. Someone that needs a bath. I'll, I'll leave that at that. Okay. Um, it was to the point where, where the bees were so pressed about it that he posted on his um, Instagram how to get his song to number one. Ways, Directions? Yes. Ways, oh. ways and tips on how to get the song to number one. Now, it looks like he might have taken it down. I hope so, because why? Yeah, so he has, of course, taken it down. I guess, but yeah. Best of luck to him. Hopefully he can get a chart, get a, get a number one hit. It ain't that one. It's uh, this is my thing about Yummy. Um, it it has potential to be catchy, the but uh, hey 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 hey, <laughs> why are you like this? <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm listening to a Chris Brown reject. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's a song that he probably have written, might have wrote. Or had for one of his um, long-lasting biblical um, albums, and just decided to trash it. And Justice said, "Well, wait, you dropped this. Oh, never mind. I'll keep it for myself." So I think that might have happened. But anywho, one last topic, and I, I have a rant in my spirit for this one, and then we're gonna jump off of this because I'm gonna pull into the dock for my portion. Mm. Um. Kimberly Paints, better known as K. Michelle, put out a tweet that was very interesting this week. It was supposed to be a sub. I personally don't do them well. Um, but she said the following via her Twitter. She said, up early listening to new R&B artists, and this is the best way to fall asleep. This shit has no soul, and it is boring. Um, it plays like a, it, it plays like one big lullaby song. 
I'm so confused by it. There's some really good singles I hear though, but albums like Hard Work and more, like the le- like the less the better. I'm guessing. I guess. Now, here's my thing. Um, King Shaw hasn't had anything soulful since 2014. You cannot be in a glass house throwing stones mm. because everything else was a reach for you basically to try and have another hit or try to break out of the mold that you're stuck in. And the thing for me is you cannot say those types of things. Like, yes, I can say underhandedly, yes, she has a very valid point in saying that majority of the singles that we listen to today or from R&B artists today is trash. (laughs) It's the truth. But here's the problem. You can't make those statements when you fall in the class of new R&B artists. You have not given us anything soulful since anybody went about heart. Mm-hmm. And the last time I felt anything soulful from you was time. And that was on that album, More Issues Than Vogue. But can you please have a regular title for our album instead of these long, cliche titles? Should, should I go down the list? Sure, why not? Let's have entertainment. Rebellious Soul. Anybody Want to Buy a Heart? More Issues Than Vogue. What is that last project that she had? Um, hold on. I'm going to go through the list. <laughs> Bear with me. Hold on. I'm going to give you a list of all the projects by Kimberly Paint, better known as Kate Michelle. Um, here we go. We're ready. Oh, Kimberly, the people I used to know. Um, and then, of course, that was the last project that she had with a label. And then the, issue, the one that she's about to put out at the end of the month, All Monsters Are Human. <sighs> Girl. Okay. Like I said, don't be in a glass house throwing stones. It's not cute. It's not attractive. Nobody likes it. Stop it. Five. (laughs) With that being said, Marlon needs more wine. Yeah, I do. Um, He looks like he's ready to unleash this um, this topic that I'm not ready for. I'm not ready for this. He's ready. I'm not. We will be right back. So right now, you know, the glasses are a little full. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in the middle of a break. Because, you know, we work hard. We work very, very hard. Real hard. But here's what we're not seeing. I just... It's okay. You don't have to cry about it. If we just get it out, maybe they'll listen. Maybe they'll listen if we get it out. You know what? He's overcome with emotion. We just don't understand why y'all not sending us no questions, comments, concerns, no nothing. Why you sent a bird? You sent a message in a bottle? Like nothing. You know, it's really, really easy. All you have to do. All you gotta do is hit us up on all social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram. I think we on Facebook. We on Facebook. We on Facebook too. W R Y H podcast. Like, go ahead, hit it up. And if you don't. Want to do that? You can email us at askwryhpodcast at gmail.com. Why are you not doing it? Like, Why are you doing it? You got to do it. Look, because I don't want him to cry. Because once he starts crying, it's hard to get him to stop. And then he's going to get mad. And then he's going to yell at you all on the next episode. So listen, if you want Lonnie to stop crying, hit us up. Talk to us. Interact with us and let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel. Yo, that's issue. Ask wryh. 
podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on all social media platforms. Put an Instagram and Facebook at WRYH Podcast. We better see y'all there. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm gonna do it. Let's get back to the show. Come on, let's do it. Let's get that. Fine. Fine. Okay. And we are back. We are back. And y'all know what it's time for. It is time to get into this thread. I have purposely kept this thread away from my auspicious host because I wanted a very authentic response. I wanted something visceral, something real. Um, but we're going to get into this topic, and I am quite sure that all of us can relate. Many of us can anyway. I won't speak for everyone because, you know, it is what it is. We all got different journeys. But we are going to talk about friends today. <laughs> We are going to talk about friends and friendships, all the in-betweens, all the ups, downs, and turnarounds about it. We are going to get into it. Lonnie. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face right now. I didn't approve <laughs> none of this. <laughs> ah, shit. I didn't approve or sign off okay. You didn't have to. Executive decision. Executive. Mm-hmm. Bitch. So here we are. <sighs> So I thought that it would be cool to kind of get into this topic because a lot of us, like, I've noticed within probably the past, ooh, maybe in the last five years, people have been really, really, really very adamant and very upfront about their friendships. Like, even the language, best friend, best, that's not best, like, all that stuff has been, like, really, really prevalent. And I want to just kind of dive into it and um, talk about it a little bit. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know. So, I got a couple of questions. Okay. You know, a little direction we can go in and all that shit. I didn't okay. That's fine. We are here. So, I guess we'll start off with something kind of simple and like... What was or is your longest friendship? And what is it about that friendship that makes it last? My longest friendship is actually um, one that started... Oh, no, before that. My longest friendship started when I was in middle school. Oh, okay. And she and I, though we don't speak often, the friendship is still there. Like, we grew up together just about, so... She's like beyond late to me. She's beyond a friend. She's like a relative because of the fact that she's been around me for years. Like we met when I was like 14. Okay. I'm what, 32 now. Nice. Okay. God did the math. That's a change, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what is it about that friendship that makes it last for you? We respect each other's boundaries. Um, I'm not that's anyone that is a friend with me knows I'm not the type that needs to talk to you every day okay I'm just not Um, but when we do talk bitch when we go there <laughs> and we on the phone like I, I see I didn't like what you did da, 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 da. no <laughs> let me told you what so and so had said and I just didn't agree with it that's just to me that's what a friend is okay got you um, my longest friendship <sighs> I have a very small circle of friends. 
Um, there are people that have been in my life for a couple of decades now because I have friends that we have been friends since sophomore year in high school. Oh wow! And oh, wow. we are still like this, like tight to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And though we don't speak every day. I know and they know that I can depend on them, they can depend on me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And whenever we get together, it's like no time has passed at all. Like we jump right back into the love like we've always been there. Um, and what do I think makes those friendships last? I think that it's just it's the journey that we took to become those types of friends mm-hmm. and the bonds that were built and how much like you said, we respect each other's boundaries, but we also respect the fact that we respect each other's journeys because like life has literally taken us all in different directions. Like I'm the only friend that's moved away. From, well, no, I'm not the only friend that's moved away from Chicago anymore. Um, two of us have moved away from Chicago, but my, my brother has moved away from Chicago, but he still comes back to work from time to time. But other than that, my other friends um, from high school are still there and we all still just really tight. Like I said, we don't talk every day. I don't get to talk to them as much as I would like to. But even when we do get together, it's like nothing ever happened. Like nothing ever changed. Like the days didn't pass. We just literally jumped right back into it. Right back into it. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the makings of a solid friendship to you? <sighs> Boundaries. The second time you said that, expound on that for me. I feel like we all have boundaries and we have limits to what we will and will not say in certain friendships or what certain friends are to us. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if I have a certain friend, like if I have like, if I have a friendship nine times out of 10, it's in a different aspect or a different light. So I have certain boundaries. I don't like to talk about certain things. I will literally dance around not speaking about them. Do not try and force me to talk about them. Okay. And it's just, that's how it is. I've grown from being extroverted to slightly introverted. So it's like, it's certain things I just don't like to go into. Okay. And I'll just leave it at that. Like, I just don't want to talk about it. No, we just want to, we're going to leave it at what it is and call it a day. Okay. Now, do you have, now, are there different levels of leniency when it comes to opening up in your friend groups? Like, are there certain people that are like, I'm more prone to open up a little bit more to this person than I am to this person. Yeah. Okay. And that's just how it's the level of comfort. Okay. That's the best way to describe it. It's just a level of comfort when it comes to certain people. I would say boundaries is one. Um, respect and empathy are definitely two that I look for. Okay. Um, I tend to shy away from friends that want to do things but expect things in return. Mm, okay. I shy away from those friendships now mm-hmm. um, because if you did anything for me and you expect me to basically play the I'll always owe you type of thing, that's not me. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's okay. just how I stand with it. You know, mm-mm, no. Mm-hmm. Like, no, your friendship comes with conditions. I don't mm-hmm. like terms or conditions, but mm-hmm. have fun, I guess. Okay. Now, have you had some past experiences that have led you to this mind frame now? Like, experienced the opposite of, of the boundaries that you set for yourself. So, like, have you had people 
in your life that'll come into your life and be like, oh, I'm your friend and I'm going to do this for you and I expect this return and blah, blah, blah. From past experience, I've just learned, like, I've experienced friendships that have ended that have been worse than breakups. Mm. And for me to avoid that hurt, I had no choice but to set boundaries on certain friends. And that's just how it's been ever since. Okay. Cool. I think um, the makings of a really great friendship for me lies in the intimacy of those friendships. Mm, explain. That's because, because I grew up in a very intimate and lovey-dovey household, I carry myself the same way in my friendships. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain amount of empathy, affection, love, and care that I expect from people that I consider my friends that I have to have in order for that to work. Now, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be, like, in the physical sense, very touchy-feely, but I have to be able to trust you with my heart if I consider you my friend. Mm -hmm. You know? And because a lot, I've been taught and learned by way of viewing it and actually watching it in action from my mom and like my dad, like my whole family, I, I've watched them. My friends are my family, you know? So it's like if if we can't have that bond, that type of like connection, I, I don't think that it would work for me. I, I really can't do superficial friendships at all. You know, it has to be something that is a dedication of love and care between both parties and it has to be like it's got to be there otherwise I just can't do it mm-hmm. I, I can't operate in that space so for me like that level of intimacy has to be present in order for me to really thrive in a friendship mm-hmm. you know, I can't deal without that I can't mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah I can't I can't do it can't do it oh Let's see, where do I want to go next? Go next. Go next. Is there such thing as having more than one best friend? Yes. Okay. Talk to me about it. Um, The people that have been around me or that have been in my life for well over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Nine times I I look at them as not just regular friends, like best friends, especially if we're in daily contact with one another. So I consider them, like you said, consider them like family. Right. Um, So for them, I don't like, I'll put a label on certain people like, well, yeah, in actual my friend circle, I have two best friends, but I don't have a male best friend, which is weird. Hmm. Both of my best friends are females. Okay. Um, my best friend that lives in the Midwest and then I have my best friend here like the funny part is we started we were actually co-workers at first and literally we kept in contact after that and we just never lost <laughs> so here we are we've known each other for like going on 13 years at this point mm-hmm. so yeah I believe in having cause I I'm 13. I'm so lying. We've known each other for almost 15 years. That's awesome. It's, yeah. Because there are some people that feel like you can't have more than one best friend. And that's, I believe that that comes from this kind of 
comes from a very hierarchical space where it's like best should only mean one. Like there can only be one best. But I believe that our relationships with people are more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And someone can be your best friend in the sense that because the connections that you have with people are always going to be different. Mm-hmm. So like to say that there's only one best friend is kind of weird to me because I, I consider even though so my best friend slash like my brother I like uh, we're so close it's ridiculous mm-hmm. to the point where we very rarely use the term best friend when talking about each other to other people because we've gotten so close that it's almost grown beyond that so it's just that's my brother but also my best friends from high school who are still my best friends because they've always been that. Like before my brother came along, it was my best friend Alonzo, and we met sophomore year in high school, and we were inseparable ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, even though life took us in different journeys, the time that we spent together, I could never replace. He was like the big brother that I never had. Mm-hmm. And he helped me so much to be like the man that I am today. Nobody can ever replace that. And nobody can ever tell me that that's not my best friend. Not even him. Like, you know, and we still refer to each other as each other's best friends. And like, that's my brother, too. So, you know, but I just, I don't, (laughs) I don't get with that. Like, oh, you can't have more than one best friend. That don't make sense. If it's the best, Uh, it should only be one. Uh, Who is this? I'm your best friend. Right. So that's another question for me. Why? Why? why is there so much possessiveness when it comes to the term the term best friend first of all if i don't and that's one thing that always bothered me Mm -hmm. i can never sit here and really be best friends air quotations with somebody that felt that possessive over me like i I can't do that i'm like mm -mm. like why are we <laughs> like why is this happening right. like yes we click yes we're cool but why are you feeling like you need to be the only person attached to me at all times like that's weird mm-hmm. <laughs> like um back off I need space I need to breathe <laughs> like I got this that way that way sus <clears throat> right but no I don't get it I don't understand it and it could never fit in my friendship circle yeah say that yeah i don't i don't get that either and though like and for me like when my brother it nobody can break our bond and we're confident in that so i think that's why we didn't never get like possessive about new friends or anything like that mm-hmm. because the journey that like the bond that we share and the journey that we share nobody else can ever have that right because it's what we share. So it's like, if we are confident in that, then I don't need to be or feel threatened by no other bitch that came along in your life because I am who I am. I can say here, if I cannot consider you my best friend or anywhere near like a good friend, if I cannot be blunt with you, mm, if okay. I have to dance on ice whenever I speak to you, it's just like, I don't feel, com- that means I don't feel comfortable. Mm, okay. And it's like you can't. It's certain bonds and certain interactions you cannot force. Mm. So if it's not there, it just isn't there. 
What are some of those interactions that you feel you can't force in friendships? You can't force vulnerability in a friendship. You can't force honesty in a friendship. You, those are things that come naturally. And it also shows if I can't come to you with things that I don't feel comfortable saying to everybody or things that I've dealt with and dealt with and no one really knows but like you. Mm-hmm. And I can't come to you and feel like I'm not being judged in Hmm. There's no way. No way in hell. Gotcha. This question just popped into my head and it's not one that I have written down, but I'm going to ask it now and then I'm going to jump back into what I have written down. Do you feel that it's mandatory for your romantic partner to be one of your best friends? For my romantic partner, the the guy that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> my gosh, the guy that doesn't exist. I I feel actually yes, I do. You do? I do. Okay, well, I feel like it's a different type. Like I cannot be with you if I can't be your friend. Okay, and that's just how I stand on it. If I feel as if I can't tell you certain things, or I feel like I have to keep certain things from you, then I don't want to be with you. Mm. And that means basically I don't trust you. That means I'm basically in a whole big old situationship with you because mm-hmm. I feel like I can't trust you. There has to be a level of trust and intimacy and friendship that goes into a relationship right. and any relationship. And though, of course, you're not going to be physically intimate with your best friend, but it's possible. Listen. Listen, Not everybody's cup of tea, but possible. Listen, the break. girls, the girls, <laughs> love y'all dearly. That's gonna lead into a segue, but continue. Okay. Um, let's be perfectly clear. I feel like it's a certain level of trust I have to have for you to be my partner. Okay. And there has friendship is the major one because it makes the actual relationship. Mm-hmm. I can't just be like, oh yeah, this is my boyfriend and so and so. If I can't sit here and have an inside joke with you and don't nobody know but me and you, <laughs> then you can't be my man. Like, if I can't be sitting here, like, look at you and you just automatically know what the fuck face that mean. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, look, and next thing you know, he come out of nowhere. Um, babe, you want to go over here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew you ain't want to talk. Look, I knew you ain't want to talk to her. I'm glad you <laughs> I guess I asked her because I, I, I never, I never thought about it in that way. Though I value, I, I like you. I believe there has to be some level of friendship before you can get into a romantic relationship like that. Mm-hmm. But I never thought about it in the sense of, oh, my partner's got to be my best friend as well. And I guess because go ahead, I'm sorry. I always came from the space of knowing who my best friend slash brother is, and we have the running joke that we call each other our sexless lover. Because that's the level of intimacy and closeness that we have. Like, there's not, I don't think that there's anything that he and I don't know about each other. And if we don't know it, it's because we haven't talked about it yet. Mm-hmm. So, I know, I guess for me, it was literally a matter of verbiage where it's like we've been conditioned to think about best friend being someone that is non romantic and outside of romance and your romantic partner being just that and that kind of framed my view of it and i never really thought of it it thought of it 
outside of that mode? For me, I learned and I'm beginning to learn to go against society's norms mm-hmm. and certain things. Mm-hmm. And it's like in pushing those norms, it's like it yes, it's going to bring a level of discomfort at first. Because mm-hmm. it's like this isn't like you're automatically trained from like birth. Like, oh, this isn't right. Like, this person is just supposed to be a friend. Like, this person is just a friend. Why is this person so close to me? It's right. like, it, it's literally conditioning from childhood, I promise you. Clearly. It's conditioning from childhood. And it's like the weirdest thing that you can go through. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's segueing into mm-hmm. another question I have. And this is specifically for my gays queers and things of that nature because I see this come up all too often and it always boggles my mind but why do you think it's so hard for specifically those of us that are possessors of the great gift of melanin Mm -hmm. gay men to make friends Um, because like most gay men you feel like you have enough friends it's like, I, I kind of got enough. Thank you. Really? Okay. Um, because you know what it is. We're so... You have a lot of people that will be like, well, I don't care. It's, but I was, like we said, we're speaking to the black... Um, the Excuse me, the melanated um, members of the LGBTQ plus community. Right. The way that most of us look at it is like, well, I already have friends that like, play the sexual role. Like, I don't need to get another friend that basically there will be no sex coming from it type of situation but in reality it's like almost like how heterosexual women think when it comes to male friends Mm. it's like they'll look at it like well I don't need another male friend in my life like I want something different and that's the part of the reason why it's hard for us to actually make friends because especially the ones that are single it's like listen I have enough friends (laughs) like I want somebody more than just a friend and that's the way that we all have been thinking for the longest, to be brutally honest. I don't know, because I have... I have actually a question to add into that, and I'm going to let you answer this first. Okay. I I have been... I have had sex with one of my friends. And we're still really great friends to this day. But I've never been the type of person that's had a hard time making friends, Mm -hmm. especially gay male friends or friends of any kind for that matter, but specific to the question. Mm -hmm. So it has always perplexed me like because the narrative has always been if you're anywhere on the interwebs or social media of any kind and you follow black queer people, a lot of black queer men have this whole, oh, all guys want to do is fuck. You can't make no friends. I can't make no friends out here because everybody just want to fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's just like, where are y'all trying to make friends at? Who are y'all talking to? Because I, I meet people all the time. I don't have a, I, I've never had that problem. And that might be specific to Marlon and Marlon's world. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've not run across the issue of not being able to make friends with other black queer men because they were so focused on trying to fuck me. That segues into my next question. Okay. (laughs) Could you befriend someone that you're attracted to? 
Yes, I've done it quite a few times. My brother, mm-hmm. I was attracted to him when I first met him. Mm-hmm. A lot, like, when he was introduced into our friend group, everybody was like, shit, <laughs> this motherfucker fine as fuck. <laughs> and they weren't lying. But if you ask my brother today how we got so close and why he gravitated to me, it's because I was the only person that did not try to sleep with him. I've mastered the art of having attractive friends. <laughs> I have mastered it. Uh-huh. I can teach a class on it. Because a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh my god, it's fun. I'm like, bitch, I know. <laughs> and they're like, did you try? I'm like, no, I didn't. The thing for me, and I guess this is why like bending the mold, especially when it comes to friends that you find attractive, mm-hmm. it's more so more complicated to keep your hormones in check. How about that? Because <laughs> it's like, listen, bitch, this is just a friend that is nothing more, nothing less. Nothing less, bitch. I mean, unless one night, the two of y'all got enough alcohol involved. Oh, uh, well. I mean, listen, hey, 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 no judgment. We both just said none whatsoever. We none. both just said no. There is no judgment at all. Trust and believe. I mean, I mean that. Ooh, that actually is, that adds another actual segment to the hotels episode. My brother. Mm. <laughs> Do tell me more. That's my brother. Ooh, oh, oh well. Wow. Um. Mm. Focus. Get the phone. You were in the middle. We will get that offline. Oh my god. <laughs> he is a little snexy. <laughs> a little snexy. So my thing is this. Yes, temptation will always be there, but it's just the fact of remembering like it's just as a friend. No, you don't want to go there. I guess I'm the weird one that will always sit here and say. I prefer the friendship over the relationship. I'm weird. No, that makes sense. I'm like, listen, I don't want to blur the lines. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, well, this was a friend and it became more and this shit just went left. (laughs) It's like, I just want my friend to (laughs) Like, I'm the type to play it safe. So it's different for me. Right. So, I don't know. Having attractive friends is not hard to do. It's just... Bitch, don't blur the lines. Gotcha. Don't fucking blur the lines. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what do you value about your friends? Their honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very integ- I have very good friends with integrity. Mm-hmm. Very ambitious and creative friends. Um, I just value them for being who they are and who they represent to me. Mm-hmm. And especially one of the most important things is I can't have problematic friends. I have enough family that's problematic. It's like, Mm -hmm. listen, I just need friends that are not problematic. And I'll be all right. (laughs) Like, no, bitch. I need you not to say some (laughs) fucked up shit to make me look at you like. And also another one that I have to have friends with some level of positivity. Like, I can't, like, I me and the negative Nancy as friends, I'll be like, oh god, girl, I gotta go. No. Like, I can't do it. I can't I can't do it. Oh, yeah. no. I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do it. Mm-mm. I think the thing that I value most about my friends is um the diversity of my friendships. Mm-hmm. 
and also that in that diversity, all of my friends have very different perspectives and outlooks on life. Mm. But we all have one thing in common, and that is we value each other in our differences. Mm. We all love each other in our own individual ways, but it's all the same type of love. You know, um, I have a best friend that is the bitch of the group. Like, but we all love that bitch forever because the way that he loves is authentic. It's it's still love. It's still as intense as the rest of our shit. But it's just a bitch. You know, he's the he's the shady one in the group. All of that, like he's known for that. But that is a friend that would kill a brick for all of us. You know, I oof, child. I can say my friends love to have this running joke that I like to argue. And I'm like, I really don't. Because you do. I don't. <laughs> stop, you do. The, stop the stop the lies. You do. Stop the lies. Stop lying to these people. Mm. I don't. He fights y'all. He loves to argue. I do not. Why he would you love pop off? Why would you lie to these people, Marlon? <sighs> Why would you lie? Go ahead, girl. Finish your show. <laughs> if you don't cut your shenanigans, I love you. Continue. You just. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh god. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cry. Don't I'm, cry. It's gonna be deep. It's gonna don't be cry hard. for me, Argentina. Don't cry. I will cry if I see fit. Then, oh then, okay. 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 I will cry. I will do all those things I need to do. <sighs> But I don't know. I just I love my friend Fatso. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the biggest deal breakers of friendship for you? Friends that love confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't I can't. I have reached a space and time in my life where I don't like to argue. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. It grinds my gears. I hate confrontation. In times is necessary, in times is really unnecessary, but a deal breaker for me is confrontation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't do it. I'm like, listen, no, no, bitch, no. Mm-hmm. I'm not arguing with you. Now, when you say confrontation, do you mean like friends that just always like to argue for no apparent reason? Do you mean like friends that are like, they always got an issue all the time? Like, how does that pan out for you? Both. Yeah. Both. I can't like I deal with enough I'm like listen bitch I need you to get it together <laughs> call me when you call me fuck down because mm-hmm. I, I finally had this anxiety at bay mm-hmm. and she ain't coming back so call me when you done <laughs> that's just how I stand with it Like, call me when you done girl bye right. so avoiding confrontation not only helps mm-hmm. avoiding confrontation in your friendships is important to you because it helps for your sanity as well as like maintaining the friendship. Yes, it helps so much. Gotcha. So much. Gotcha. <sighs> Deal breakers it? for me. I dishonesty. Mm, that's a big one. In my friendships. That's a because huge my friendships I have Dishonesty and being disloyal. Who child? And 
Come on, elaborate further for the people. Yeah, the dis and they kind of go hand in hand. They really do. The dishonesty part, because I trust so many of my softer parts of myself with my friends, and I do not because I'm already a very private person. Libra shit. Right. So like I if I am trusting you with the softest parts of me, I do not expect you to share those things with other people because me sharing that with you is a level of intimacy with me. And when you disregard and disrespect that, that no. No, because you uh uh-uh. uh we're not doing that. You will not get keys to the kingdom again. Fuck that. No, if I can't if I can't trust you with the, the most tender parts of me and have you hold them close as I'm giving them to you, mm-hmm. then I can't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Period. Being disloyal. Loyalty is important to me, but my loyalty looks different than the Webster's definition. Define your loyalty, dear. Define it for the people. They want to know. They got questions. They need answers. The boundaries that we've set together, the growth and connection that we've built together, I expect for it to be respected at all times Mm -hmm. because I'm going to respect it. Mm -hmm. So when you go off the cuff from that, Mm. I can't fuck with you. Mm. I just can't. You know, like... For instance, if you, as my friend, become friends with me and my partner, and me and my partner are no longer together anymore, I don't expect for you to stop talking to that person, mm-hmm. but I do I do expect you to honor the bond boundaries and loyalty that we've set to each other. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, like, don't betray my loyalty to you and vice versa by then being a turncoat and honoring the loyalty of that person instead of to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you have to stop dealing with that person or don't fuck with that person no more because I don't control that. The, the matters of the heart, the heart wants what it wants and if you have a bond with that person, I'm not the one to break that bond. But the bond that we share should not be broken because of it. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So stuff like that, like I'm cool with, like because I, I've had, <laughs> I've had my closest friends sleep with somebody that I used to date. <laughs> and one hello, thing, wait, hello, wait. Let me identify. <laughs> let me identify. <laughs> let me meet you. Let me meet you there. Mm-hmm. I've had people that consider friends jump into my ex's DM trying to sleep with them. Mm. Not just once, not twice, but three different people do this shit after we broke up. Continue your story. Right. I And for me, that was back during a time when we were very young and being, and though I do not like to use the excuse of use of youth as an excuse, but in my maturity, I realized that in that time that we didn't know what the fuck we was doing. So whatever. And also because what I had with that person was not as deep as I thought it was. <laughs> so and it takes two to tango. And while I could be 
poo-pooing and shaming my friends, I also have to look at the person that I was dating, dating and going, well, bitch, were you ever really mine? Because if it was that easy, then you was for everybody anyway, but I digress. So, like, stuff like that don't really bother me. Now, if it was somebody that I was madly in love with, might have to have a conversation about that. Might. Might. And I have one of my best friends that is very attracted to one of my exes that I was very much in love with. But in my maturity, now, I'm just like, mm, don't really bother me. I've had people come to me and they were like, um, yeah, so... Like, I, I've had people basically try to go over me to tempt one of my exes to talk to them. And it's like, um, you thought I wouldn't find this out how or why? Because even, even when I don't speak to my exes anymore, their loyalty is still to me. So it's like, they still will tell me like, well, yeah, someone still tried to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, what? And they're like, yeah, look at this and show me. Like, oh, okay, girl. Oh, okay, girl. All right, all right. I see you. And then I look at them. I'm like, okay, so this is what you wanted to do. (laughs) But not, um, not even though. I'm like, so what did you decide to do? Like, I'm not entertaining that shit. Why? That's your friend. I'm like, and for that, I respect you. Right. (laughs) This bitch. Oh, we gonna have a conversation. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, that's just how it stands. Yeah, so, you know, that's about all I have. And that concludes today's topic of friendship. Thank mm-hmm. you, Marlon, mm-hmm. for just surprising me with that. And Absolutely. I just will not have you do that to me again. Yes, you will, because you enjoyed it. So why don't you go ahead and give us a mental health tip on friendships? Mmm. <sighs> Know when it's time to cut the cord. Mm. Sometimes we get caught up in friendships and we forget that the minute that the friendship takes a turn and you just don't see any potential for growth in said friendship, we all feel this sense of loyalty because of the things that transpired in the friendship. Listen, cut that shit. All right, mm-hmm. cut it. Mm-hmm. If it's not for you, if it's br- if it's bringing you down, if you feel like it's not going to grow or go any further, if you feel if you feel like it's hindering you, let it go. Trust you me. I feel as if sometimes we're not growing if we're not losing people along the, along the journey. Mm. And mm. sometimes, some and times, it's necessary to let people go. Not saying that somebody, not saying saying who's right, who's wrong or anything of the sort. Sometimes it's important to cut people along the journey because their purpose and their time in your life has ended. And it's nothing shady. It's nothing personal. It's just time is up. That's just the way it is. God damn it. You better say that shit. I mean. <laughs> that was a fucking word. Oh, <laughs> shit. My mental health tip for friendships is hmm. honor your friendships. Mm. Honor your friendships. Those people that have been there for you that truly 
feed your life and serve you in a way that's positive to your life, honor those friendships. And don't let anybody deter you or sway you from that because a lot of people will try to come into the space of your friendships and try to break that up. Mm-hmm. And you have to be wary of those people and recognize them for who they are. But the friendships that are true to you, make sure that you honor them. Yes, God. And cherish them because according to most folks, friendships are hard to come by. True ones. You know, true ones are hard to come by. And when you have one, you got to make sure that you honor that because you can never find that person again. You know? So, yeah. Just honor your friendships. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, that is that concludes today's episode of WRH Podcast. Um, as y'all heard me cry earlier, um, the conversation does continue. You can find us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, WRH Podcast. We are now accepting listener letters. Please email your listeners. You want to hear some advice? You want to give us a compliment? Um, yeah, X WRH Podcast at gmail.com. Once That's again, funny. that is X. W-R-Y-H podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from y'all. Make sure you make that happen, okay? All right, girl. And with that being said, we see y'all next week or whatever. Peace out. Peace.